Hey, this is Sam for Dobbs. If you need tires, hop on our website, go to Dobbs.com. We'll save you time searching brands, sizes, and prices, and save you money because we sell tires at the lowest price in town, guaranteed. For deals you can use, click on go to Dobbs.com now. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Michelle Smallman, Randy Carricker, 101 ESPN, a big weekend of college football, the biggest one yet in 2020, with the Big Ten getting started this weekend. We head to the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line. Adam Rittenberg, senior football writer for college football for ESPN.com, joins us. Adam, we always enjoy having you on the show. Thanks for your time this morning. Oh, thanks for having me on. Good morning, guys. Well, let's start with this. Ohio State, we would presume, is going to be the best that the Big Ten has to offer. Uh, would you anticipate that this will be a typical Ohio State team? Well, yeah, I think it is. you look at the quarterback position with Justin Fields returning off of an incredible 2019 season, you know, they do lose some key guys like Chase Young on the defensive line, but uh, should still be very good there overall. Veteran linebacking core. They have a potential top 10 pick in the secondary with Sean Wade, who initially opted out. He's opting back in. And then offensively, they're just under such a, uh, they're on such a great trajectory under, under head coach Ryan Day and offensive coordinator Kevin Wilson. And so, you know, they, they may be, you know, one of these Alabama Clemson type offenses that's so powerful that uh, even great defenses struggle to slow them down. You saw that last week with Georgia and Alabama. It could be the case this year with, you know, really good defenses facing Ohio State. They just don't have enough answers for them offensively. Adam, who do you think will challenge the Buckeyes for a Big Ten title? Well, I just look at you know, Ohio State's performances um, during this run of Big Ten championships, and the one team that's been really close is Penn State. You know, the Ohio State beat them by a single point in 2017 and 2018 after losing to Penn State in 2016. And then last year, the Ohio State runs the table, but the one team that really had them sweating for a little bit was Penn State. You know, they won that game by 11, but you know, that was a tight game for a little while in the second half. And so I think the key for Penn State is, you know, can they keep up offensively? They bring in a new offensive coordinator in Kirk Chiraca from Minnesota, who did a great job there. Can he elevate the Penn State offense with Sean Clifford at quarterback the way he did with Tanner Morgan at Minnesota? So it really is Penn State until anyone else steps up. You know, could that be Michigan finally? Really depends on the quarterback position, I think. Uh, and on the West End, I think there's some really good teams. I just don't know talent-wise if anybody can challenge Ohio State in the situation where the Buckeyes are playing for an opportunity for the playoff. You know, when Ohio State's lost, Recently, it's been you know games like Purdue and Iowa, maybe where maybe they weren't as locked in as they should have been. But when when they have to win that big game, whether it's Michigan, whether it's the Big Ten championship, they've found ways to deliver in recent years. ESPN.com's Adam Rittenberg joining us on 101 ESPN. And Adam, I know here in the St. Louis area, several Nebraska fans that still have complete. 100% faith in Scott Frost, and it seems like they're getting a little bit closer. Where is Nebraska though? Well, I think we're going to find out here, not not necessarily this weekend because it's a really tough opener with Ohio State, but just in the next few weeks. I, you know, I think that they believe they're going to be a better team 
and I think the key area will be defense. You know, I think I, you know I, the the offense is going to be fine there in the long run. Scott has a really good track record, whether it was at Oregon as the offensive coordinator or UCF as the head coach. You know, and even his first year at Nebraska, some offensive potency. But you know, their defensive personnel coaches have told me for years just isn't great, and they even lost some players to the NFL from last year's defensive line. So how are they going to perform on that side of the ball? Uh, you know, Iowa or a Wisconsin or a Minnesota on, in the West Division, and they have some really tough draws with uh, with both Ohio State and Penn State in crossovers. So they get the two best teams in the league, in my view, uh, in, in the crossover game. So this is going to be a tough year, but I, I think you're going to look at um, you know, can they compete better in the West Division, and how is their defensive personnel? Are they taking a step forward on that side of the ball? Because that's what's really dragged out in recent years. Okay, Adam, let's stick in the Big Ten West. As an Illinois grad, I have to ask you about my Illini. I have seen sure. them projected by some to be as high as third in the Big Ten West or as low as seventh. So tell me what your expectations for this Illini football team are. Yeah, Michelle, I mean, I think a lot of teams can be in that range in the West, honestly. Um, there, there's a lot of similarities, especially if Illinois continues to move through. You know, last year they clearly did, getting to a bowl game. They get Brandon Peters back. I like their potential on offense. And, you know, they take the ball away on defense. I don't think they're a particularly elite defense or talented defense, but they make plays. And that's always been, you know, Lovey Smith's calling card when he was in the NFL uh, as a coordinator, as a head coach. You know, his defense is a forced takeaways. And if they can do that, you know, they're going to be in a lot of these games in, in the West Division. Tonight will be really interesting. You know, they go against a, a first-time starting quarterback, in Graham Mertz for Wisconsin after Jack Cohn, who'd been their starter, you know, had a, a foot injury, unfortunately, a few weeks ago in practice. You know, Graham Mertz is the highest rated quarterback in Wisconsin history, but he hasn't played uh, a real significant game yet. So can Illinois and their defense take advantage of that? And then are they able to, to put up some points? So I think, uh, I think it'll be really interesting to see Illinois. If you study some of the advanced statistics, weren't great last year you know they made some great comebacks and found a way to get to six wins but they're going to have to take a step forward overall as a team and not just rely on those takeaways to get them some of those uh some of those crazy wins like they had last year but um you're certainly uh interesting opportunity here they get wisconsin minnesota two of the better teams in the west in two of the first three games so we'll see how they handle both of those opportunities i think you'll get a sense early on whether this team is truly improving or whether they just got fortunate at the end of last year. Hey, Adam, it's my view that Alabama made it over their their biggest hurdle last week when they beat Georgia. But Clemson still has a big one in a couple of weeks against Notre Dame. I mean, the, the, the Fighting Irish people that might not be pay, paying attention, Fighting Irish are third, and they're pretty darn good. That should be a really good game, shouldn't it, at Notre Dame? Yeah, it should. Notre Dame's got to play a lot better than they played last week against Louisville. I mean, 12 points is not going to get it done against Clemson, um, especially with the way Trevor Lawrence is performing at quarterback. And so this is a big week for Notre Dame going to Pitt. You know, Pitt's lost three in a row, two by a single point. You know, Pitt's a team that's wildly inconsistent. They can lose to anybody and beat anybody. And so Notre Dame's got to be very aware uh, of them. And I think Notre Dame's got to get their passing game going, especially the wide receiver position hasn't been good enough. And so I think if they can get past Pitt, you know, they should beat Georgia Tech a week from now. That sets up the big one. With Clemson, Notre Dame's defense is, is really good. Their offensive line might be one of the best in the country. They can run the ball. But as you guys know, in watching you know, games like Alabama and Georgia, you have to throw the ball and create big plays at a high level in order to beat the elite. 
And so uh, that's what Notre Dame's got to figure out a way to do here. They've, they've got some tight ends. They don't seem very uh, elite at wide receiver, and that's, a, that, that, that's an area to watch here. Can Ian Book, as a senior quarterback with a ton of experience, start creating more big plays in the passing game? If not, I, I don't see how they beat Clemson on November 7th. Before we let you go, let's talk a little bit about Mizzou. They had the big win over LSU a couple of weeks ago, and then last week was postponed. They've lost five in a row to Kentucky. What do you see for Mizzou and Kentucky tomorrow? Right. Well, it'll be a much bigger challenge, uh, you know, from the for the Mizzou offense against the Kentucky defense. It's really played well. I mean, they essentially held State scoreless a couple of weeks ago. You created four first half turnovers against Tennessee last week. And so, you know, LSU was a mess defensively, and Missouri took advantage of them to their credit. But this is going to be a, a different deal, you know, for, for, for the young quarterback for, for, for Missouri. So I'm interested to see how they perform after, you know, an unexpected, you know, week off. You know, we thought they'd be back in action last week, and, and, and because of the COVID situation, they had uh, another week off. So how, how, how crisp are they? Um, but, you know, they do get Kentucky at home. Kentucky's not an overwhelming offense by any means. They win the game with defense and their offensive line and running the ball. So I think it's a real good opportunity for Eli Drinkwitz's team to generate some momentum after that great win against LSU. You win this game, obviously some tough ones coming up with Florida and Georgia, but uh, this is a season about you know, setting the tone for the future and, and winning you know, two, three, four SEC games is going to be a good sign for, for, for Eli and that team. Adam, you're always great for us. Thanks so much. Enjoy your football weekend, and we'll talk soon. You too. Enjoy it. Thanks. Appreciate it. That is Adam Rittenberg, ESPN.com, with us on Carriker and Smallman on 101 ESPN. By the way, it's kind of a gauntlet for Mizzou with Kentucky tomorrow. And as we mentioned, Kentucky has been a thorn in the side of Barry Odom at Mizzou. And before that, even Gary Pinkle, the last time he played against UK. Then the Tigers visit Florida on Halloween. And then they've got Georgia at home. So your next three games are against really tough teams before you go to South Carolina on November 21st. Eli's team is going to have its hands full. Welcome. What did he say? This yep. is the best league in the world for a reason? Right. That's, that's why we joined it. It's big boy football, right, Randy? Yep. Absolutely. Next up, today's big thing, including this day in Cardinals postseason history. It's coming your way on 101 ESPN. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.